This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for this word. I thank you that this word will come out with power. The Bible says that you increase, but I must decrease. And it's not me that they came to hear. They came to hear you. I thank you for the word that you get ready to deliver to your people. I thank you that they have ears to hear what the spirit of God will say this morning. I thank you that faith arises in this place. I thank you that every need is met. Thank you for miracles, signs, and wonders. Thank you for your faithfulness. We bless you and we give you all the praise. We thank you for what's going to take place in this house. In the name that's above every name. Amen. All right, so what I got from the Holy Spirit. Before I say that, faith, I mean, church, say this word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. All right. Are you ready? All right. So the title of the message that the Holy Spirit gave me is the power of kingdom faith. The power of kingdom faith. Before I talk to you about kingdom faith, I first want to talk to you about what kingdom faith is not. Kingdom faith is not fear. For the Bible says in 2 Timothy, and Ms. Donald will have the scriptures on the screen. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So we cancel that out. The next one is kingdom faith is not doubt. For the Bible says in Matthew, what Pastor Gavin talked on two weeks ago, do not worry. Do not worry. And the third one, kingdom faith is not, kingdom faith is not unbelief. For Hebrews eleven six says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. So you must have faith. So kingdom faith is not fear. Kingdom faith is not doubt. And kingdom faith is not unbelief. So we got that settled, right? All right, so what is kingdom faith, you might ask? So what is kingdom faith? So kingdom faith is believing and speaking. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ that he's able to do it and speak the word to, for him to perform it. So what are you believing that you have yet to speak and what are you speaking that you have yet to believe? So I'll say that again. What are you believing that you have yet to speak? And what are you speaking that you have yet to believe? The power of kingdom faith. Something happens when power and faith comes together, when they clash. Something happens. And you're going to see in the word when I share with you. Something happens when 
Power and faith comes together. Jesus told us to have the faith, have faith in God, have the God kind of faith. The God kind of faith that believes and he speaks. That's how the universe was created in the first place, right? Did God say in Genesis, in the first chapter of Genesis, there is nine times and God said, and God said, and God said. There's nine times he's mentioned that God believed and he spoke. He believed and spoke. What are we believing and speaking? What are we lining our faith up with? What are we lining our words up with? Or are we just believing but we're not speaking. Are we speaking, but not believing? Believe and speak. That's kingdom faith. You believe it and you speak it. Believe and speak. Believe, speak. Kingdom faith. Faith is not believing that God can. It's knowing that he will. Knowing that he will do it. Let's go to, to the book of Actions. Or should I say Acts. That's what I'm believing for this year. I've been saying, I've been believing this since the second half of this year, that it's going to be bigger and better. Bigger and better. That's my prayer every day. Lord, I thank you for bigger and better. Bigger and better. Second half of this year. So the book of Acts, we go to chapter three. And here this book is written by Luke, and he was a medical doctor. And in this chapter, I'll just kind of give you a quick synopsis of it before I read it. In this chapter, they had just finished, uh, 3,000 had just came to the church that day. And in this chapter right here, Peter and John are on their way to the, to the temple. And as they're on their way to the temple, there's a lame man by the gate. And instead of them going to the temple to do their prayer, Something moved on the inside of them that caught their attention. And a lot of times, church, what's happened is we're so quick to go do other things. We're so busy in life. But if we just stop and pause, Lord, what do you want to do? Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? What do you want to say? How are you leading me? So let's go to Acts chapter 3 right here. And it says, and they'll put it up on the screens. Now, I like the New King James Version. I'm sorry, the Passion people. It just, it's just my preference. I just I like King James, New King James. All right, here we go. Uh, now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. The ninth hour, that's 3 p.m. In Jewish customs, every day, they would go to the temple at nine, at noon, and then at three. And they would go there to pray. It's been an hour in prayer. And in my study, and I found out that in that hour of prayer, they would spend 15 minutes in silent meditation, 30 minutes of petition, and 15 minutes of adoration. Can you imagine if the church did that? Can you imagine the boldness, the power? An hour, if you break it down like that, can you imagine how, how, the, how this country would be? It 
So verse two, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful. Beautiful, they're talking about the, the temple, how uh, the amazement of it, how, it, how beautiful it was to look upon. To ask alms from those who enter the temple. And the alms means he's asking for money. Verse 3, it says, who seeing Peter and John about to go in to the temple, asked for alms. He was a beggar. And fixing his eyes on him with John and Peter said, he was moved by the spirit here. He said, look at us. Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expected to receive something from them. What he's gearing to receive is more valuable than earthly possessions. Then Peter said in verse 6, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I freely give to you. I freely give to you. A lot of times what I have written here is people want what they don't need and need what they don't want. A lot of times people want what they don't need and need what they don't want. So I said, Gary, to go in, Peter and John was, they realized that what we all must learn, interruption is often divine inspiration. Interruption is often divine inspiration. And it continues in verse six, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Immediately. So he, leaping, stood up and walked and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. He was walking and leaping and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. They were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. They were filled with amazement at what had happened to him. He was walking and leaping. He was begging for money, but there was something else that God wanted to do for him. There was something else that God wanted to do for him. The power came from Peter and John. There was a witness in their spirit man. But that man had faith when Peter reached down and said, rise and walk. He could have said, no, I'll stay here. This is my livelihood. But no, he got up and that power and that faith came together. Something happens when power and faith come together. Church, I'm not sure what you're you're going through. I'm not sure, sure what you're dealing with. But I come to tell you that there is power and faith comes together. When you're power and faith, you have the greater one on the inside of you. So when you connect that with your faith, the Bible says that we have a, uh, everyone's been given a, a, a measure of faith. So if you take that measure of faith that you had, the, the size of a mustard seed, if you take that faith and you connect it with the power, the greater one on the inside of you, things happen, things change. 
The Bible says over in Matthew eleven twenty three that if you speak to the mountain, I'm not sure what mountain you're facing. I'm not sure what you're, what you're battling. I'm not sure what you're dealing with this, this moment, this year. I'm not sure what it is, but I do know the God of the universe is already, he's already prepared us. He's already given us his word. Jesus already came in and defeated death, hell, and the grave. He's already given it to you. All you got to do is believe and speak it. Believe and speak. Believe and speak. That's it. Believe and speak. Call those things which be not as though they are. What are we doing with our faith? Kingdom faith. We're kingdom citizens. Lord means owner. He's the owner of this property. He's the owner of this real estate. I don't own anything. It all belongs to him. It's him. But God, it's him. It's him. Power and faith. Go to my next scripture. Let's go to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, verse... 46. <clears throat> and here in this passage, I'm just going to quick synopsis. The disciples and Jesus are getting ready to pass through Jericho. And during that time, uh, Jericho was kind of a. Hello. <laughs> Jericho was was a, a town that everyone went through for trading and and selling goods and and movement of troops Everything passed through Jericho. And in the book of Jericho, Jesus is going, but there's a a man by the side of the road. And of all this commotion going on, there was something in this man, this blind man, that that he hears a commotion. He asks, you know, what's going on? What's all this commotion? You know, he's heard about Jesus from conversation I'm sure people had in that day in that city. But there was something that's going to occur. Power and faith. So let's go to that. Verse 46. It says, now they came to Jericho. And he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude. Blind Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus means the son of unclean one. And as my doing my study, it, it, it said that um, his blindness was hereditary. It said it came from his mother and father that uh, they passed on the disease that produced the blindness in him. And it says the son of Timaeus sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out. And say, and I'm going to pause right there. And it said that there are three basic categories of people. Those who make things happen. Those who watch things happen. And those who wonder what happened. (laughs) But something's going to change here because I believe he has the faith that something's going to change in my in my body today. Something's getting ready to take place. I'm not going to sit around no more on this side of the road. Something is getting ready to happen in me. I'm not going back to begging. 
Something is getting ready to occur. He's going to make some things happen. Church, make some things happen. Don't sit and wonder. Make things happen. It depends on you. Your faith. Your faith. And he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Why did he say son of David? Why didn't he say, Jesus, heal me? Why didn't he just call out, Jesus, Jesus? But he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Why did he say, son of David? It's ironic that while the nation of Israel was blind to the presence of the Messiah, they didn't recognize him as king, but this blind man recognized him as king. He was calling him king. He was calling him royal. So he recognized that in him. And that caught Jesus, made Jesus stop because he called him royal. He was recognizing him as king. Not only Lord, he came as Lord, but he's recognizing, hey, he's king. Jesus, thou son of David. He was recognizing him as king. This beggar had true spiritual sight. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, be of good cheer, rise. He is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. Throwing his garment down, Bartimaeus was saying, I know Jesus will heal me. Truly without faith, as I just mentioned, that it is impossible to please him. So let's picture this. So you got... Blind Bartimaeus, he's sitting here, and you got the crowd passing by, and he hears all this commotion. What's going on? What is all this wreckage? What is all this noise? But he hears it, and he asks, you know, what, what's going on? And he said, Jesus is passing by, and he's like, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And he called him, and he threw off his garment. He said, I don't need it. I don't need it. Throw it off. I don't need it. I'm, throwing, I'm taking off. That's out with the old, in with the new. Out with the old and in with the new. I'm not going back to that lifestyle. I'm not going back begging. I'm not begging anymore. I don't need that anymore. That's old. I'm coming into something new. My eyes are going to be open. Church, what are you holding on to? What are you holding back? What are you believing God for? What are you waiting on? He's waiting for you. He wants to give you the keys to the kingdom. It's yours. It belongs to you. It's already been paid for. It's already been paid for. It's yours. Ask him. Demand it. Expect it. You're a kingdom citizen. It belongs to you. Kingdom faith. If you don't get anything else, church, if you don't get anything else, just believe and speak. God, God believed and he spoke. Let there be light. God, and God said, and God said, and God said, and God said. What are we saying? Do we have faith to be healed? Do we have faith for that job? Do we have faith to be, for our mortgage to be paid off? Do we have faith for our child to, to grow up in the house of God? Do we have faith that our, that our kids will, will marry godly men and women? Do we have faith for this country to be changed and wrecked for the kingdom of God? Kingdom faith. Glory. So he threw his garment aside. 
So Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? Why did Jesus ask him that question? He walked up to him. And he was already blind. Jesus knew they was blind. Why didn't he say be healed? Why did he ask him that question? He asked him that question because Jesus is not going to go against your will. He gives you free will, whatever your will, he'll give you free will to ask him. The blind man could have said, heal my mom or, or provide food or whatever the case may be. He could have asked for something different. But he asked to be healed. Jesus asked him. He said that he might receive his sight. What are you asking the Lord? What are you asking today? Ask him. Expect it. He's a good father. He'll give it to you. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. You must have faith. Kingdom faith. Believe and speak. Believe and speak. The blind man said to him, Rabboni, which is, means master teacher, that I might receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. His what church? His faith has made him well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. For faith that sees the invisible, believes the impossible, and receives the incredible. May today be the day you receive direction, instruction, and the revelation you need. Kingdom faith. Kingdom faith. Have the God kind of faith. What is the God kind of faith? The God kind of faith is the faith that believes and speaks. Believe in and speak it. Walk it out. The Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight. We don't go by the circumstance, situations around us. We don't go by the chaos that's going on in the world. We're kingdom citizens. We look to the one where our health and our strength comes from. You're the owner. He says, do not worry. Be a doer of the word. New direction. We're headed. New direction. All right, my last scripture. Are you getting some out of this? All right. All right, we're going to go to my last scripture. It's a pretty familiar scripture. Uh, Luke 8. Let me put put my my garment back on. So Luke 8, and I'll just summarize here. In Luke 8, we come to uh, Jesus in a, a multitude. He always had multitudes around him. Why do you always have these multitudes around? It was something that he carried. Do people gravitate to you? Do people know you or do they know him? Do people know you or do they know him? Are people gravitating to you like that? Are you carrying something to deliver to other people? Or are you about me, myself, and I? Remember I said the kingdom of God is not self-centered, it's other-centered. It's about others. It's about others. The Bible says that he went about doing good. Are we going about doing good every day? Wake up, Lord. Let me be the spark today. 
Let me be that spark that kindles the fire. What are you waking up with? Are you waking up ready to play? Are you waking up ready to, to be used by him, to be amazed by him? To be amazed by him. Every night, uh, I'll say this real quick. I've been going out in my backyard. You know, I'm a night owl. I like to stay up late at night. And I'm out at night and uh, I kind of walk around me and my dog. And uh, I like to look up, to be amazed. And I like to look around at, his, at the, the nature, everything that God created. I'm amazed by it. And one day I'm just, I'm sitting and I'm just looking out at the stars and the moon. And right before my eyes, I see a shooting star. I was like, Lord, you're showing out. I'm his favorite. He wanted to amaze me. He wanted to amaze me. Just to go out there, I just, just a quiet time is peaceful. It's nothing, just me, my dog, and him. Just quiet. Just enjoying the amazement. Just being amazed by him, what he's done for me. What he's doing in the earth. Where he brought me from, because I shouldn't even be here. I should have been dead three times. Three times. Shouldn't even be here. Shouldn't even be here. But he saw something in me that I didn't see in myself at the beginning. <coughs> faithful. God is faithful. That's one thing I stand on. Regardless of what my situation, my circumstance look like, no, God is faithful. Always, God is faithful. God is faithful. It's one thing I stand on. I stand on the rock. That's where my health and my strength comes from. Everything that I need, I look to him. He's my source of strength. He's my source. All right. Luke chapter 8. Did I, did I even finish? Uh, so Luke chapter 8. Sorry, I got on a tangent there. Let's get excited. So Luke 8, there's this woman with the issue of blood. And Jesus is going through the crowd. He already has Jairus coming to him. And he said he'll come to, to see about his daughter. But there's this woman there with this issue of blood. Again, the power and faith coming together. Something happened. It clashes. Something happens when they collide. And she began to, she spent all that she had. She had nothing left. She wasted all of her money, she said. She didn't waste it, but she was trying to get healed. But she spent all her livelihood. But she was determined. There was something in her that said, if I just can just press through the crowd, if I can just make my way, if I can make my way to him, then I know that, I, that I'll be healed. Are we pressing through our situation? Are we pressing through our circumstances? Are we pressing through that, going over that mountain? Are we coming up out of that valley? Are we pressing through? Are we letting that mountain stand there and not allowing us to go over or go go around it? Before I get into this, a couple of weeks ago, I was in my basement. I was praying. And as I was praying, the Holy Spirit dropped this person on my heart. And so I was praying. I, I finished praying and then I sent this person a text. And I text this person. She used to go to the church I attend. And I text her. And I said, I'm not sure what you're facing. I'm not sure what you're dealing with. But I just want you to know that God loves you. 
Sometimes people, that's all they need to hear is God loves you. He's there with you in the fire. He's there with you in your situation, your circumstance, whatever you're facing. He's there. And so I, I text her. And the response I got back from her hit me to my core. And I began to weep in my base. I began to cry because I felt it. I felt like what Jesus felt when he came to Jair, um, not Lazarus, Mary and Martha. And he said, if you would have been here, our brother would be, he wouldn't be in that tomb. But Jesus wept because they didn't believe that he could do it. And I wept because what she said, it wrecked me. She said that she wanted to give up on life. When you come to that point, church, you've lost faith. You've lost, you've pretty much given up everything. You're saying that I can't do it anymore. And that's the first problem. It is not you. You give it to him. The Bible says to cast a care over on him for he cares for you. It's not yours to carry. He carries it for you. A lot of times we try to carry it ourselves. And that's why we get so weighed down. The Bible says that his yoke is easy and my burden is what? Give it to him. And she said she wanted to give up on life and it wrecked me. I just began to weep there and I began to pray for her. And I, later I sent her some more encouraging words, but I was, and she's got a, I think a three or four year old daughter. And she's ready to give up on life. When you're ready to give up on life and your daughter, it's a terrible situation to be in. Church, we never know what people are facing, what people are battling, what people are going through. Be thankful for what you are. And praise him for it and thank him for it. It's about others. About others. I know everyone in here knows somebody that needs to hear God loves you. There's somebody in your family. There's somebody at your office. There's somebody that you come in contact with in the, in the marketplace. There's somebody that needs to hear an encouraging word today that you know. Like I said, church, God is faithful. Regardless of what you face, regardless of what you go through, sometimes he'll pull you out of the fire. And sometimes he'll walk along with you in the fire as you're going through it. Keep faith. Don't give up hope. So chapter 8 of Luke, verse 1. Now it came to pass afterward that he went through every city and village, preaching and bringing, I'm sorry, wrong scripture, 843. Thank you, Donna. Donna, why you say something? Okay, 43. Now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years, who spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any. So it grew worse. Twelve years. And came from behind and touched the border of his garment. This woman heard what Jesus was and said, I've got to get to the place where Jesus is moving and see what will happen. She had an expectation 
She had the wisdom to expend the energy and break through the crowds and touch him in her weakened state. In her weakened state, she was determined, I'm going to press through this situation. I'm going to press through this circumstance. What are you pressing to? What are you pressing through? In her weakened state, she was determined. She was determined, church. And immediately, I'm sorry. Where am I? 45? Where am I? 45? Okay. And Jesus said, Who touched me? And when all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitude throng and press you. And you said, Who touched me? Remember, he's got these multitudes around him. And Jesus, like, and the disciples, like, All these people, and you're asking, Who touched you? How is that possible? All these people, and you're asking, Who touched you? But Jesus felt something leave him. He felt power. I perceive power going out from me. Now, when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before the people. And falling down, sorry, and falling down before him, saying she declared to him in the presence of all the people, the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said to her, daughter, be of good cheer. Your what church has made you well. Go in peace. There are people around us who are hurting and need to hear what the Lord has done for you in order that their own faith might be strengthened. Their own faith. She pressed through. She pressed through the crowd. She pressed through her situation. She pressed through her, situ- her circumstance. We can stay. Money spent. Body grew worse. But she was determined to press through that multitude, the crowds, and touch. Power and faith, what happens? It collides, something happens. What are you believing for that you have yet to speak? And what are you speaking that you have yet to believe? King of faith. Believe, speak. King of faith believes and it speaks. Believes and speaks. So from these three scriptures, I just want to encourage you. Alex, would you mind? Have the boldness of Peter. Have the step out of Bartimaeus and press through whatever situation, circumstance, like the woman with the issue of blood. Be bold. Step out. And press through. Press through.
Settle it in your heart, church. At this moment, every situation, circumstance arises, that I'm going to believe and I'm going to speak it out. Rafa, you can dim the lights. I believe the word. I stand on the word. And I hold God to his word just like he hold me accountable. And he said that he'll confirm his word. So I just want to set this time and for the Holy Spirit, whatever he wants to do. It's not me. It's him. He does the work. He leads. I follow. That's simple. He leads. I follow. But I'm going to got a couple of scriptures right here. I'm just going to remind you that as you said in your heart that you're going to believe and that you're going to speak this week. And as you pray, speak it out. Call those things forward. Be amazed. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Proverbs 35 30 verse 5 says, every promise of God proves true. 2 Peter 3 9 says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. Hebrews 6 18 says, it is impossible for God to lie. It's impossible for him to lie. And the last one is Mark eleven twenty two. Have faith in God. Kingdom people don't worry. They have faith in God. Why? Because God is stable. And everything else changes. The church remains steady. Focus on the rock your fortress, your shield, your high tower. And God is not interested in where you've been. He's interested in where you're going. So Holy Spirit, you do the work. I'm just a vessel. I say it here in mind, like Isaiah said here am I. Whatever you want to do.